when it comes to this fascination with men and women who have a nice ass, like, for instance, if you would look it up from its basic term, like if you look up buttocks, it says either of the two round fleshy parts that form the lower rear area of the human trunk. Now, if you would have, if you used to put it that way and trying to describe a woman with a nice ass, that doesn't sound too attractive, right? Like nowadays, you would have to actually see the visual of it to understand the beauty of it, right? Just like if you was looking up the word vagina. And they keep it real basic. It's a canal in a female mammal. Which pretty much covers it for the entire spectrum. But that doesn't sound attractive. Now, when you use the slang version of vagina, and I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to be so forthcoming. But when you use the P word, and if you look that word up, you will find a picture of a cat. Right. <laughs> you know, there's there's and you would have to dive deeper to find the slang version. Which comes off vulgar and regarding sexual intercourse with the woman it comes off disparaging and offensive to women. But when it comes to the slang, when you're talking about the buttocks of a woman or a nice ass. You know, I, I know the words of fat, dad ass, but donk a donk, you know, from back in my days. Now I'm hearing thick, the yams. But we're, we're going to get more into it on this episode with the hype and the fascination that men have for what's called the booty. What is it that fascinates us so much when it comes to us as men, when it comes to that ass? What is it that makes us go into this 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 level in our minds where a lot of men probably wouldn't admit to it that you you, you lose self control. And, and growing up, when I got like around thirty years old, we used to follow what is called man code, right? And man code meant there was just some things that you just wouldn't do. Okay? According to that code. And one of those codes was not allowing a woman to see you sweat. That's that's crazy me saying that because that's what we that's what we used to say back in the day. We used to call it sweating. You know what I mean? You know, you sweating me. You know, 
but it, it can come from a, a, a male standpoint or a female standpoint, you know? Like, why are you sweating me, you know? But us as men, you know, we find ourselves being overly infatuated if we're out and, you know, a, a female is in our presence and she got a nice body and us as men, we, we, we can't help ourselves. And it used to kill me because you know, it, still, it, it still does to this day. I have found myself to a point where one of my number one weapons is to not give the woman the attention that she desires. It's, it's, it's like an energy thing, you know what I mean? And this is something that we used to do back in the day, me and my boys. You know, we would, we would not show women this high level of attention. And it was just, you know, that in itself would make them more attracted to us. And just to give you an example, like, I do this all the time. If I'm walking down the street, right? And you know, you know, you got your you got your vision up and you can see like sometimes you can see something that's coming, right? And sometimes I'll see a you know, it'd be a it'd be a badass female walking in my direction. And as she's getting closer of walking by me, the funny part the funny part about that is is that I come across a lot of women that even before they get to me, I can see their attitude and their body language. See, because they, they have been getting cracked on and, and, and men have been hitting on them all day. Even though they like they even though they, they, they claim they they don't like that attention, they actually do like that attention. But what I notice with a lot of women, like they're walking towards me and you can see how attractive they are, but before they even get to me, you could already see she's like, Oh my god, okay, here's another one. You know, he, he's probably gonna you know, try to crack on me. He's probably going to try to hit on me or whatever. <laughs> and I start laughing before she even, you know, she gets close to me. But what makes it so funny is I keep my eyes forward and I keep my ass walking and I don't pay her no goddamn mind. And sometimes I don't even have to look back because, you know, people talk about that also like, well, oh, yeah, you, you may let her pass by, but you look back because you're going to look at that ass. It's even funny. Like, I've been with some women sometimes and I will be in that situation and the woman would say, you know, you want to look back and look at her ass. I said, no, I don't. I don't need to do that. What I got to do that for? But you can tell how you can just feel the energy of how distraught some women are when they're looking for that attention when you don't even pay them <laughs> any mind. My anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. You can do side bends or sit-ups, but please don't lose that butt. Some brothers want to play that hard role and tell you that the butt ain't gold, so they toss it and leave it, and I pull up quick to retrieve it. So Cosmo says you're fat. Well, I ain't down. 
around with that. Because your waist is small and your curves are kicking. And I'm thinking about sticking. A lot of women, especially our black women in our culture, don't have a real understanding where this whole thing with having a nice ass, a big ass, round ass, uh, moving into being, you know, displayed like the stripper culture, stuff of that nature, presenting yourself in that way. They don't really have an understanding where that comes from. And one of the things I can touch on is the story of Sarah Bartman. Now, if you're not familiar with that story, go on YouTube. I'm about to play it for you now, but go on YouTube and type in Sarah Bartman. And you will see how she was displayed and treated in regards to her body shape and how white people, white men marveled over the way her ass looked because they have never seen anything like that before in their lives. And she was put on display like she was some type of freak show, but I'm not going to give it away, but I want you to listen to this story of how all of this came about from the story of Sarah Bartman. Sarah Sarji Bartman was born in 1789 at the Gantus River in what is now known as the Eastern Cape. She belonged to the cattle herding Ganakwa subgroup of the Khoikhoi. Sarah grew up on a colonial farm where her family most probably worked as servants. Her mother died when she was aged two, and her father, who was a cattle driver, died when she was still a young girl. Sarah married a Khoikhoi man who was a drummer, and they had one child together, who died shortly after birth. Due to colonial expansion, the Dutch came into conflict with the Khoikhoi. As a result, people were gradually absorbed into the labor system. When she was 16 years old, Sarah's husband was murdered by Dutch colonists. Soon after, she was sold into slavery to a trader named Peter Willem Caesar, who took her to Cape Town, where she became a domestic servant to his brother. It was during this time that she was given the name Sarji, a Dutch diminutive for Sarah. On 29 October 1810, Sarah allegedly signed a false contract with an English ship surgeon named William Dunlop, who was also a friend of Caesar, and his brother Hendrik. Apparently, the terms of her contract were that she would travel with Hendrik Caesar and Dunlop to England and Ireland to work as a domestic servant, and be exhibited for entertainment purposes. She was to receive a portion of earnings from her exhibitions, and be allowed to return to South Africa after five years. Two reasons make her signing appear dubious. The first is that she was illiterate and came from a cultural tradition that did not write or keep records. Secondly, the Caesar families experienced financial woes, and it is suspected that they used Sarah to earn money. Sarah Bartman's large buttocks and unusual coloring made her the object of fascination by the colonial Europeans, who presumed that they were racially superior. Dunlop wanted Sarah to come to London and become an oddity for display. She was taken to London where she was displayed in a building in Piccadilly, a street that was full of various oddities like the knee plus ultra of hideousness and the greatest deformity in the world. 
Englishmen and women paid to see Sarah's half-naked body displayed in a cage that was about a meter and half high. She became an attraction for people from various parts of Europe. During her time with Dunlop and Hendrik Caesar, the campaign against slavery in Britain was in full swing, and as a result, the treatment of Bartman was called into question. Her employers were brought to trial but faced no real consequences. They produced a document that had allegedly been signed by Sarah Bartman and her own testimony which claimed that she was not being mistreated. Her contract was, however, amended, and she became entitled to better conditions, greater profit share, and warm clothes. After four years in London, in September 1814, she was transported from England to France, and upon arrival, Hendrik Caesar sold Sarah to Reeks, a man who showcased animals. He exhibited her around Paris and reaped financial benefits from the public's fascination with Sarah's body. He began exhibiting her in a cage alongside a baby rhinoceros. Her trainer would order her to sit or stand in a similar way, that circus animals are ordered. At times Bartman was displayed completely naked, wearing little more than a tan loincloth, and she was only allowed that due to her insistence that she cover what was culturally sacred. Reeks also allowed her to be sexually abused by patrons willing to pay for her defilement. She was nicknamed her tented Venus. Her constant display attracted the attention of George Cuvier, a naturalist. He asked Reeks if he would allow Sarah to be studied as a science specimen, to which Reeks agreed. As of March 1815, Sarah was studied by French anatomists, zoologists, and physiologists. Cuvier concluded that Sarah was a link between animals and humans. Thus, Sarah was used to helping emphasize the stereotype that Africans were oversexed and a lesser race. Sarah Bartman died in 1816 at the age of 26. What can I say as men when it comes to that nice, fat, juicy booty? What is it about that circumference, round, soft, sometimes has that slight jiggle when she walks? For some men, who am I kidding? Most men, this shit is irresistible. And it becomes a weakness. And women know this. Why do you think they put so much time into making sure it's the primary weapon of choice to seduce men into submission? I guess my first question is, why is this? What makes the woman's ass so hard to look away from, from men? Why is it so captivating? It's pretty bad out here in the world. And being a part of, should I dare say, the dating scene, the first problem is you have to make sure as a man you are dealing with a real woman. And that in itself has become so very confusing as a man you have to discern if she is a real woman by her gender then even if you confirm she's a real woman is everything about her real wait a minute i'm still only touching the surface so to speak is her hair real is her eyes real is her nose real is her lips real?
face real. Then it comes to that secondary weapon of choice for women, are her breasts real? After dealing with all of that as a man, the only thing she is really concerned about with you is, are your pockets real deep? See how, you know, see how off balance things are? Just on the surface when it comes to men and women from a standpoint of just looking at each other. I'm not saying that there aren't any women who look at men that way, but it's just not to that extreme when it comes to men. Think about it. How much can a man fake before he is exposed as being a fraud? Women, on the other hand, have the tools to be able to go through a total body transformation and can make themselves look like a totally different person. Let me tell you, I've seen some before and after pictures of women, and if you would see how they looked in real life (laughs) after they are done doing their makeovers, you wouldn't believe what you were seeing. Now, back to this title of this episode. What is it about the ass that women think they must lead their lifestyle with what's behind them? It has gotten to a point where most women in our society, you know, today, especially in what's left of our black community, that the black woman's ass has become her stamp of approval when dealing with men. Shit, nowadays, I can say even with other women. Our women has become so out, you know, overt out in public with having to cultivate their ass cheeks as a symbol of dominance based on whose ass is bigger, thicker, and rounder. It has gotten so bad And even this started a long time ago, but now it seems the highest level of our women can reach today where she can consider herself of higher stature is evolving herself into stripper culture. And to no surprise, because this is where we are as a culture for black women right now. What direction are we heading for when it comes to our women? Is this the only way our women know how to get attention? It's really not that hard. Some women may not be aware that there are still men left that still love and respect, you know, have love and respect for their mind as well as their body. Having a nice body is nice and all. But what women fail to realize is is that the three things a man looks for in a woman, no matter how good she looks, is loyalty, sacrifice, and cooperation. Some women are surprised when they hear me say that, but it's true. As a woman, you should, you know, put in a lot of effort making yourself stand out from all the rest. See, when you lead with your ass you attract all the wrong type of men then you will have the nerve to complain when you end up 
in a fucked up relationship. You know the old saying, most relationships end the way they begin. So imagine your relationship starting with your ass. So how do you think it's going to turn out? When a man meets you and he can't keep his eyes off your ass, you really can tell what his true intentions are. Now, I'm not saying that a man should not look at your body. That's going to happen if he's really attracted to you. But he has to want to look at your eyes, which are the windows to your soul, so he can see the real you. Show your support for the D-Win Legacy Podcast and hit us on our cash app at dollar sign capital D-S-O-U-L-S capital P-R-O 21 as we continue to bring you great content every week that will make you think. That was a fun and educating episode. I would like to thank everyone from all across the world for taking the time to listen in. You are all much appreciated. We would also appreciate, like I always say, anyone who wants to contribute and support the D-Win Legacy Podcast, we're going to take all contributions and donations and put it back right back into this business that we're building right now. And look, (laughs) I'm doing all this researching and studying and I'm trying to put all this together by myself. And what I notice is I have to start really delegating my responsibilities so I can focus more on creating content, directing it and putting it in the right places. But I could not do this without the help of support. So we would really appreciate anything that you can give because I'm going to tell you right now, this is just a podcast portion of what we do here. And I'm going to be adding this to my website and we're going to have so many different things going on, not only for your 
you know, entertainment value. I mean, we're going to have that, but we also are trying to put some things in place that can also benefit you. Because we have this uncertain future coming up on us and we have to, we have to get prepared people you know but at the same time you know i don't want to be so serious all the time but there's a lot of serious things happening but i do i do understand that you know sometimes we got to relax have some fun and we're going to be talking about all different types of topics so but for me I like to keep people informed of what's going on, but at the same time, elevate your level of thinking. This is the D win legacy podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode that will make you think peace.